There's a lot to say when buying a new home or car, but only one thing to say that can help you protect them. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. And just like that, a State Farm agent will be there to help you choose the coverage you need, no matter where you are in life. When you need coverage options, your State Farm agent is there to help, on the phone or in person. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Most weight loss plans are one size fits all, not taking into account each person's individual needs. Noom is built for your psychology and your biology, meeting you where you are. Noom Weight uses psychology. That's why they say losing weight starts with your brain. But it also takes into account your unique biological factors, which also affect weight loss success. The program helps you understand the science behind your eating choices and why you have cravings. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com. Plus, check out Noom's first-ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for 100 healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available for pre-order wherever books are sold. It's Ben Fold's Fraggle Day! It's an Nerdist Podcast, episode number 258, and this is tremendously exciting. So, quick little backstory on what's going on. Uh, but if you go to the Nerdist channel right now, youtube.com slash Nerdist, uh, you will see the brand new Ben Fold's 5 video, Do It Anyway, produced by the Nerdist channel and starring Ben Fold's 5 and Fraggles. So, real quick backstory on this. Uh, a few weeks ago, uh, I had a meeting with Lisa Henson, who's the CEO of the Henson Company, and we we were just kind of talking about what we could do to get more involved uh, together on the channel. And she said, hey, you know, the 30th anniversary of the Fraggles is coming up next year. Do you want to do anything with the Fraggles? Uh, and I loudly gasped and, and kind of lurched for her like, I, I can do that. Like it was it kind of freaked me. I just never thought to ask. And uh, and I thought about it for a sec and I realized, oh, you know, Ben Folds 5 has a new album coming out and maybe they want to shoot a video and. I think Fraggles and Ben Folds feels like it. It feels like a good fit. So I I called Ben and he was really into the idea and uh, said, "Hey, what do you think about this track?" And sent the track for "Do It Anyway," and it just instantly clicked. I I love this song so much. I I seriously, I've heard this song probably a thousand times just in the making of this video over the last couple weeks, and I still will turn it on and listen to it in my car. This song is so friggin' catchy. Uh, I mean, the song sounds like an old kind of Paul Williams-y, piano riffy, upbeat, fraggly sort of a song. So it just it just all came together, and uh, within two weeks, we had made this video, and it was one of the most fun things I've ever been a part of in my life. I mean, to see the Fraggles jumping around on Ben's piano, and hanging out with the guys, and we got cameos from uh, Rob Corddry and Anna Kendrick, who were awesome, and I snuck myself into the video as well because I could and uh, it was, I mean, I honestly of all the things I've done this is way, way, way at the top of one of my favorite things ever uh, it just fills me with immense amounts of joy, so uh, listen to this podcast, uh, Ben was great there's a little bonus piece at the end with Red Fraggle, we talked to her for a few minutes, so I'll tack that on to the very end and uh, here you go go over and uh, listen to the podcast and then go watch Do It Anyway on the channel and then then click subscribe i guarantee you uh that this video will exponentially increase the joy in your day and after that then head over to itunes or wherever your music retailer of choice is and pick up benfold's five new album the sound of the life of the mind it is their first album in like 12 years and uh, it is phenomenal so purchase it and enter oral deliciousness uh i would also like to thank this 
uh, sponsor of the Nerds Podcast, Stamps.com. Um, guys, you need to mail things to people, probably because you're a, a, a I'm going to make stuff happen in the world kind of person, but it sucks to go to the post office. You don't have to anymore. You just sign up for Stamps.com, then you can print out the exact postage you need, everything from stamps to shipping labels, 24-7. That's literally any hour of any day. Uh, you'll never have to go to the post office. So if you go to Stamps.com right now, you can use the promo code NERDISH. You're going to get a no-risk trial and a $110 bonus offer, including a digital scale and up to 55 bucks of free postage. Go to Stamps.com before you do anything else. Click the microphone at the top of the homepage and type in NERDIST. That's Stamps.com and enter the promo code NERDIST. And now... Mail yourself some awesomeness right here on the Nerdist Podcast, episode number 258, with Ben Folds. Talking about fraggles. Come on! So happy right now. This is the greatest thing ever. Ever! Now entering Nerdist.com. Fish Lounge. Fish Lounge. It's Fish Lounge. I think this is actually called the Fish Lounge. This is the, we're on the Henson lot. We're shooting um, Ben's video for Do It Anyway. And uh, this is the old A&M Records lot. And if you go through the shelves out front, you see like, we. there's a picture over there. We Are the World was recorded here. Joni Mitchell recorded here. Carol King's Tapestry was recorded in this building. But even before that, it was the uh, United Artists. Uh, yeah, 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 Charlie Chaplin, he did some stuff too. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Before that was the ancient Greek baths. So. Yeah, it goes <laughs> way below the surface. Really far, far below. Before yeah. that, uh, uh, was the dinosaur egg nest. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's good. weird, it's just a good spot. Yep. Yeah, feels <laughs> right. <laughs> Not too far up the hill, but just nice enough. Good view. Before that, it was molten magma in an ammonia-rich atmosphere. They have a picture of that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Kenny Loggins is yeah. in the back. Right? <laughs> <laughs> you, can't, you can't get it out. Yeah. Danger zone! <laughs> it's actually how he caught it. That's how he came up with it. Yeah, yeah the highway to the yeah. danger zone. Uh, I, I shot a thing with... we shot I shot a video with Kenny Loggins where he... Uh, we go. It was the one that like the, they did with Jewel for Funny or Die, where they send him in disguise into a karaoke bar, and then he kind of sings his own song badly, and then like you know, and then the costume comes off, and it's like I'm really Kenny Loggins. How did he do on the bad part? Did he did he sing badly? Well, the problem is that his, how could he sing badly? His, his voice, voice is so, good. so recognizable that it was very difficult. Like it's, even when he tried to sing it off key, it was almost like he. It was almost like his throat was auto tuned. Yeah. <laughs> So it was sort of, you know... That's, a lot, that's some vanity you can put aside as an artist to like just do something you've done well, badly. Yeah. On purpose and in front of Well, people. he knew he was going to come out and kill it again. And honestly, I... You know, when, when, he was, when he was saying, like, oh, you know, I don't know, people might recognize me, I was like, are they really going to... Re-? And they fucking totally... Even, in, even in, like in disguise, people realized that it was Kenny Loggins. So he's had a major impact. Yeah. On our culture. But as soon as he busted out Danger Zone and, like... I think he sang I'm All Right... Uh, and uh, this is it. Oh, really? Yeah, I got to lean in for the Carrie Mugman and do the "You Make the Choice." Like I got to do that with Kenny Loggins. That was a big moment for me. You ever Did play with Kenny Loggins? No, never. No. What about I'd Messina? No, I haven't played with Ann Messina either. 
Uh, is there anyone that you are thinking, like at some point you're like, I really want to play with that guy? Or and lady. Oats. And Oats. And Oats. Or And Rich. And Rich. <laughs> <laughs> I and the magnetic zeros, they would be nice. Yeah. I like the, uh, I, I love Hall & Oates, unironically. Yeah, yeah, that's amazing stuff. We were talking about Sarah Smile earlier. What a great song. There, there, was, that, there was that period in the 70s of like, and the, the, there was Doobie Brothers and, and Hall and & Oates and, and Simon and Garfunkel got into a little bit. There's just like a, a little bit of white funk, like when, mm -hmm. when white people like, were like, let's try this funk business. You yeah. know, like, there, it, was, it actually kind of worked out pretty well. Dancing, eh? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, there's just such great melodies in that era. They almost can't go wrong. People crafted melodies so well in that particular era. Even stuff we make fun of now, I don't know why anyone would make fun of it. It's just so well done. I think it's just sort of like, oh, that, that was popular music back then. We've got to make fun of it. But if you actually really listen to it, you you're break like, it Shit, down, this it's is really, really well. This is really yeah. good. Yeah. I think you just you had a system where it wasn't, uh, it wasn't as easy to just go out and make like produce songs and so there was I think sort of a Darwinian thing of mm -hmm. like well you have to be at least a certain level to be able to have a record produced and have it have it get put out well I mean even this this place I mean Herb Alpert A&M I mean he's an amazing musician and he happened to own the record company in the studio as yeah. well I mean that's not really the way it works these days you know, everyone doesn't know how it's done inside the system and it's just a different system but certainly sets a standard that's that's very musical if your if your record head is actually a great musician i think when you when you kind of look at who like the hands that this studio has passed through it's kind of interesting that this specific place has been owned by like artist driven studios like united artists and a&m oh, yeah. i almost said texas a&m yeah a&m <laughs> texas instruments texas here. instruments yeah. <laughs> and then and then henson like there's all very strong artist yeah. point of view driven driven uh industries that's why it feels good in here it really does it does have yeah, a nice vibe good. it really has a nice vibe and so you we had you on the podcast a year almost a year ago now wow it's been yeah it like, should mean that was, was a year ago october of 11 wow oh, man 2011? 2011. It's going faster and faster. By the way, I did. I, there was a moment where you you went over we podcast and you over and sat at the piano and then our girlfriends were in the room and that was the only people that were in the studio, and then you started playing songs and for a second I thought Ben's gonna stop playing and be like you just tricked me into giving you a private concert yeah. <laughs> and then we all felt like we cheated you in some way. I'm your private dancer. <laughs> <laughs> But seriously, could you play Private Dancer? Yeah. That would be really Hell great. Hell yeah. You play Private Dancer. Any key, you name it. Man. But it was such a it was such a wonderful uh, it was such a fun podcast and, and really resonated with a lot of people and uh, and we talked then about you know Joan, Joan was like I know you're working on new Ben Folds Five record. Oh, and I played some stuff and actually one of those one of those made it onto the record. Really? Yeah, I had a little chord progression at the time and then it's the first song on the record. What's the, what's it called? It's called Erase Me. Okay. So we heard it first on the podcast for sure because I just popped into my mind a few days before. How has the writing process been for? Do you, do you kind of do you slide into a different mindset with Ben Folds Five because it's a slightly different point of view? It's you know in a way it's because it's it's a different audience. Uh, you know when I bring in stuff, Robert and Darren react to my ideas in a different way, and when they start playing it different things pop than, than would pop in other situations. So yeah. that, that gives us a style right off the bat because certain things. So it's like, it's like editing. It's almost like without discussing it, I might bring something in and go, hey, this idea, da, da. 
uh, okay, no, never mind that one. And then you move <laughs> something else because they just stand there going, yeah, what else you got for me? <laughs> what else you got in your bag of music tricks, piano boy? Yeah, that's not good enough. They're a tough room. No, it's just that that, that we, 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 I don't know, we just, we just, the song selection, the form, all those things really kind of take a different shape. And certain songs I bring in that I think may, may sound one way end up sounding another, and those guys are both total artists. So. How's it? What's what's the recording process? You you were telling you you were telling a, a story before you said you were you were writing until the last day that you were recording. Yeah, I do that. I just it's horrible. I'm, I'm a horrible procrastinator. But sometimes I'm trying to fool myself into working quickly mm-hmm. because I have a tendency. I, maybe everyone does this, but I have a tendency to want to want to overwork material I go back to it I go back to it or revise or revise it at some point you really do have to let go of it and let it go and uh, in this case there was one song it's the last song on the record and I really didn't want it I wanted it to have um, I just wanted to have a really basic uh, uh, message and, and, and feel and I didn't want to consider it too much so we recorded the tracks they were actually mixed and in place on the very last night of, of, uh, of the mixing sessions before we went out to do our first gigs. Wrote the lyrics in the parking lot. Like, I kept on having to hold my iPhone up to the, to the page <laughs> to see if what I had written was like all on the same lines. And, and then I took it in, sang it a couple times, and left. Oh, my God. And, then- and Joe mixed it while we were out doing the thing. And I was like, sounds good. Wow. And then you said you went to Chicago to start playing the songs from that record. The next day, yeah, our very first gigs uh, in, in in years started then. So we crawled on the bus, and and that was it. But we've always done that. Like I was writing songs in the mix uh, on our second record onward. Oh wow! I've always done that. Just and there's a certain kind of song or verse or something. I just I feel the need to leave the pressure so that I know that I'm okay. This is rubber meets the road. This is going to get pressed and sent out there. What do I want to say? Not mm-hmm. what do I think I want. It's like this. The shit's on. Like say it. I think that's that's healthy for me. So. It's also it's also it can be a good way to work because you if if you do that you have no time to second guess yourself. Right. It's like well this is it so yeah. I can't go back and forth. It feels dangerous and it gives me a certain kind of artistic buzz for a second to know that it's it's going out there. It also might I think it also might provide a little bit of like the energy of the music might almost feel a little spontaneous that way. Yes. Because you just thought of it. You just thought of it. Even if the track will be... The way we did this record was all the tracks were super spontaneous. We took the most dangerous takes, had no idea what the songs would be called or anything. They just all had like a song in E-flat and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. And then that kind of dangerous-sounding rhythm section, then we took that and organized basic like vocal orchestration was not basic at all orchestration of the vocals over it that's very considered and, and well done and it kind of ties it in and makes it all sound much more like it was on purpose because yeah. you take the vocals off and sometimes it's like whoa where's it going and I like that energy because it's got the dangerous thing but it's also got like a, a considered orchestration I think that's the first time we've pulled that off like to me it's the first time we've pulled it off as a band does it feel you know now that you've because I think was it uh, does your your kids actually never even met Darren and Robert before. I know because you yeah. guys haven't played together for like what thirteen years. Or yeah, my kids are thirteen. We broke up right as as uh, as my kids were born, which was part of it. I mean, a new new you know change of life and stuff for me. Louie and Gracie were born months before the band broke up, and then I lived in Australia for that. The guys were elsewhere, so um, you know. But so they haven't met them. And to the kids, Louie and Gracie, Robert and Darren are kind of 
legendary. So they're going to meet them soon, which is quite, oh, wow. quite bizarre. Yeah. Does it feel, uh, when you guys got back together and started working again, did it, did it immediately feel familiar? Like, oh yeah, write this. Or was there a, you know I've grown as an artist and let, we have a new dynamic now. Both. Huge. Like both of those things like at the same time and that was really, really cool. The chemistry was immediate. Everything sounded just like us, except it was us now. Uh -huh. So, and, and, and we always were excited about what we'd never done before. Even if that's subtle to someone else, for us it's like, oh, we haven't done that, that sounds like... I mean, sometimes we think we're making something that sounds like, I don't know, we think, wow, this is our Doobie Brothers track. Right. Or this is our 80s track, or God, this sounds like this. But when we listen to it in perspective, it just sounds like us. Yeah. Hmm. yeah. But just at different points... Like, uh, do you think it sounds like it's a more mature version of us, or just or just different? Just different. The thing about maturity in, in, in rock and roll music is when you make your first record, you don't really know what's going to come out of the speakers. There's a real excitement to what is this, and then you hear it. After that, people are like, well, that's the young version of you. Mm -hmm. And if you were to copy that young version of you, then you would sound youth youthful again. But in fact, when you won't, because you're reliving something. You sound youthful when you do something you've never done before. And you, if you sound old, then you're sounding young. That's really what it is to me. So this maturity thing we've got going on is so new and scary to us that it all sounds kind of young. Did it give you new perspective on what you guys did before? Like, oh, I guess we did that. Like, what, what, what do you, when you, when you look at the old ben, older Ben Folds 5 stuff now, like, what is it that you see that, like, what do you, how do you define it? There was more competition before. Like, we were more competitive with one another, I believe. And I don't think that was a bad thing. It added to a certain kind of energy. But like now, if I hear Robert going for something, I know that people love to hear what he plays on the bass. And no longer would I think that, well, maybe I need to get in there or, or, or step on him. <laughs> I didn't think that before, but you know what I'm saying? Like, I wasn't as considerate. Now, I, I, I lift fingers. Like, I can feel where he's going. I know what he's doing, and I lift fingers so that he's got a pocket to sit in. Oh, that's really cool. And as a result now, he, partially that's one of the reasons that he sounds bigger, but also because he's become a better player since then. Yeah. And the same with him. And Like, we always know, like, there's this one song, well, let's do it anyway. It's mm -hmm. the one we filmed the video to. Like, the bass player sometimes leaves the stage because he becomes the guitarist. Mm -hmm. So it's like, oh, I guess i got to fill in. So I become the bass player. But then on that song, the bass player is now the pianist, and the pianist and the pianist has gone out to get a beer. He's up here. So there's no bass player. So Darren started playing the bass drum harder, and now we've got a bass guitarist and the bass drum. So it's uh, when I was listening to that dynamic in the song while we were filming, I was noticing that. I was noticing the bass disappeared, my left hand disappeared, and then the bass drum started kicking harder. We... Uh, uh just for people listening to the show who, who don't know, we're, we're actually making the video, uh, we're producing this video for, for you guys with uh, the Fraggles. And just, I don't know if I ever really, it's not, it's not a super exciting story. I mean, like nothing, but we had a meeting with uh, the Henson Company, who's our channel partner. A meeting, this is getting exciting. A me there was a meeting. There was a conference <laughs> call before the meeting? There, let me tell you about the minutes. You guys <sighs> connect over email? We connected over email, yeah. some assistants were involved, we set up a meeting time and a place, and we all showed up appropriately. Holy shit. Um, Are you shitting me? Thanks for listening to the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, and so, uh, so I, had this, I had this meeting with Lisa Henson, and then uh, Nicole Goldman, uh, from, from, who also works, who's been with Henson forever, and they're our partner on the Nerdist channel, and so we just started talking about like more ways we could do stuff together, and they go, you know, next year is the 30th, 30th anniversary of Fraggle Rock, is there, is there anything you guys want to do with the Fraggles? And we were like, and I was like, that, that's an option? We could do stuff with Fraggles? 
said, we should do a music video with the Fraggles. And then I just instantly, you were the first person. I was like, oh my God, Ben's got a new album. Maybe Ben. I could see Ben in Fraggles. Oh, that's so cool. And so I emailed you and, and your manager, Alan, and I pitched it to Alan. And he was like, I'm, I'm going to be cautiously optimistic. I really love this idea, but obviously I can't speak for Ben. And then later that day, he called me and he was like, Okay, Ben is away, and you know we're gonna do this. And he sent me the track for "Do It Anyway," and he goes, "What do you think of this?" Within ten seconds, that song was like, "Yes, this is this feels." And with the with the bass riff, I, it fe- and your piano rolls, like it feels like a, a Fraggle song. No, and it, it, I would have never ever in a million years thought of that for the video. And it's actually last night after we were filming, I went to bed and I was thinking, this makes the song better. <laughs> it really? does. It's like it brings out something in the song that now feels done and classic, and it has a more of a positive spin than 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 I even knew, and it's really cool. Well, yesterday you were saying that one of the things that you, that you thought worked about this song and the and the fraggles, you're like, you know, mo- so many songs have a real center of of darkness. In yeah, them. most rock songs kind of have that somewhere, and and, and we all want to accentuate that because it's cool, you know, like that. Dark's cool, but yeah. there's something really amazing about accentuating the, the 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 positive and the happy in this, and then and then that's in there. There's a little story in 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 the bottom of it that if you listen to, it's not it's not actually completely all happy, but the whole thing it has an optimistic spin to it. But it just made it seem classic to me. Also, I've never done a video where in the middle of shooting the video, I thought this might improve the song. Oh wow! It's usually the other way around. It's like, well, I didn't fuck it up too bad. <laughs> well. This, the scantily clad chick that was pouting and pulling the curtains down, that was pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> but other than that, other than that. It, it, it really is, uh, I mean, it, it's, it's hard to describe, but I'm sure, I'm sure people can have some, kind, well, no, you just have to see it. But as soon as you see, you see the fraggles and then the puppets go up, the fraggles mm-hmm. go up and they just come to life yeah. and it really hits you on this weird level where you're like, I can't, it's, it's, Starstruck. it's, it's a type of starstruck yeah. that I feel like is a gift now because we live in, just because of the, how, the, where we work. Yeah. It's like, oh, you kind of see, oh, that guy's in a movie, you know. But this is like a level of starstruck that I didn't know I still had the capacity for, and it fucking makes me so happy. No, it's, it is cool. Isn't that great? It's, it's the last, you can't be jaded about that. No. It's yeah. ingrained in your head. I mean, the, 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 all the hints and uh, puppets are just, uh, it's just, it's real. Yeah. You grow up with that stuff and it's real whether it was it's just all the way back. Yeah. When when did they when did they start 83. their business? 83. 83 were the Fraggles and then they ran I think it ran until about 89 maybe. And um, but but I think the other thing thematically that's really fun about this video is that there was just sort of an accident of oh Ben Folds 5 are 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 reuniting and the Fraggles are kind of reuniting yeah. at the same time because they haven't really done any, you know, like there hasn't been new Fraggle material in 23 years. So, but so the two of you coming together to sort of like as your reintroduction yeah. uh, to the world is kind of a neat thing. And they didn't hang out with humans. They did not. This is the first time the fra- Uncle Traveling Matt was visiting our world as outer space, but this is the first time that Fraggles have interacted with humans. Mm. Or as they yeah. call them, silly, silly, silly creatures. Silly, yeah, yeah silly, silly creatures. creatures. Yeah. Can you please tell them to stop talking down there? Johnny. 
Here we are being like, hey, can you keep it down recording a podcast? And over there, they're like, can you keep it down recording a video? Like, <laughs> yeah. It's when the productions are starting to like, it's on! <laughs> oh, guys, I've never seen Ben like this. You better back the fuck off. <laughs> when the greasers are the socias, I want to be the greasers. <laughs> Wait, we all just got tired clenching our fists. Oh, yeah. Really yeah. <laughs> Sweaty. Oh, yeah. What, were you, what were you going to say a minute ago? You started what? to say something, and then and when I cut you off a minute ago, I think I was going to ask about like uh, you said all the the kind of positive stuff that happened when you guys got back together. What about the negative? What stuff? about like any of that stuff that kind of maybe, you know, the, like you know, made you guys separate? Was there anything no. that's like, oh, that's right, Sledge we, is always like that. Not really. We kind of we kind of kind of grew up a little bit. I think, but the thing is, is when we first got together. We didn't really know each other for long before we started the band. Oh. In fact, it was Darren became the drummer without my even hearing my even hearing him play. That worked out. Um, and I knew he was good, and I also knew I got along with him. And then Robert, we got together once in a practice room at UNCG, University of North Carolina, Greensboro, and I couldn't tell anything about his playing at all. And 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 based on that, we rented a house in Chapel Hill. He smoked, and I didn't. <laughs> and uh, we were making a record by the end of the year, so really, yeah, we went really, really fast. And I think the problem was is that we were so busy together all the time. Suddenly, uh, all three of us are tied by everything from bank accounts to we're sleeping on you know levels of bunks next to each other, photographed together all the time. It was a real chain gang. Six years of that was per, was just would be rough on anybody. I think it's yeah. probably a little more intense than like. A marriage because yeah. you're, you're not just living together; you're actually working together. Yeah, you have to. I mean, and everyone, everyone, ex there's such expectations. Everyone expects you to be together all the time. That's how you're defined. Yeah. You know, I remember there's some television show I used to compare it to all the time. White, the White Shadow. The White Shadow. Yeah. Yeah, it's like these guys play basketball together, and then they walk around all day long hanging out together. I don't <laughs> think so. But that's kind of what we had to do. And I think that, that after so many years. Uh, the, the, the theme of the record began as uh, the stripping of ego, which I think was actually sort of necessary for the band to play together, was sort of, even, even to the, the, the ego being my story of, oh, I've been solo artist for 10 years, or Darren's had his band Hotel Lights for 10 years, or, you know, was, we just had to, to kind of strip everything. But it wasn't a big deal. We didn't have any real moments. We're all crazy as shit, you know? Like, cause everyone's got a moment. It's like, oh, Robert's having his moment, or Ben's having his moment, but... Yeah, you know, we do that. But I think yeah. as long as you guys all know that, yeah. then it's not. Then you. Then it doesn't. It doesn't have to be about anything bigger than just like this is the thing I do, and it's gonna pass, and then everything will be fine. I always love like you know Saturday Night Fever when they're all sitting around at the at the dinner table and there's like screaming. So what are you? What are you doing? And they just. <laughs> <laughs> we never did that. It's now, like, now my that's hair, what, you messed up uh, my hair. Yeah. He doesn't have been working on my hair for like. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what we're doing now. We just say it. <laughs> that makes a big difference. It's like you're going crazy. I am. It'll be all right. All right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you, don't, okay. you don't just stew and just go. Oh, you're yeah. Going crazy. Yeah. We were so uptight and white before. So now we're <laughs> <laughs> some southern boys. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's kind of funny about like not because uh, you know I remember when the, when the flight of the Concords were kind of at the height of their uh, you know like when I think they kind of willingly walked away from everything to pursue their solo stuff. But I think the perception was like. 
oh yeah, they're like best buddies and they hang out all the time. But when you're talking like, oh yeah, we don't really hang out that much anymore, yeah. like as friends because we have to work together all day, you yeah. know. And so they just don't really. I think, and I think I still have that mindset of most people. I'm like, oh my god, you guys you yeah. still live in those bunk beds, and you're still no, you got families. Well, just like lives. even even like with us, it's like you know we don't really make the effort of just going like, hey, you want to get dinner tonight? Because I'm probably yeah. going to see him like twice, like like you know in the next day. Yeah, and yeah. like it's like so you you kind of lose that that like normal friendship thing. And we've you been know, over this. I don't like talking to you unless we're recording it. Exactly. It's all just podcast you, material. You literally, you constantly shush me with your finger yeah, over my lips. I don't want to talk him if it's not being recorded. Yeah, exactly. But that makes me feel good. Yeah. yeah. I thought your sense of per, per, proportion was odd that when we sat down, the director said, get in closer and this is about as much as you could do. <laughs> oh, yeah, like, I can't. That's yeah. just that's too close. Yeah, that's it's too, too close. close. I think it's good to have you in I between have, us. I have a musk that he just doesn't... <laughs> No. <laughs> doesn't seem to enjoy. Well, I the, the problem. What happens is, is that obviously I have the dominant pheromones, and then Matt and Jonah's <laughs> periods get on my cycle, and then we're all cranky at the same time, and it just becomes yeah. a problem when we're trying to record in tight spaces. Yeah, exactly. The, uh, the alpha rag. <laughs> <laughs> That's your first album. <laughs> I wish we could just call the podcast that. Yeah. Let's change the name. Fuck it. Well, well, poor Matt Myra's not even here. You know, Matt, he, you know, I think, I think sometimes Matt feels like he's left out of stuff, but he just doesn't understand that thing. Because we didn't know we were going to be recording this today until like yesterday. Like, mm. okay, it's going to be Sunday at like you know noon. We're going to be able to sit down. And so I texted Matt and Jonah like, okay, so you know, if you want to be the Ben Folds podcast, it'd be great. It's when, and then Matt wrote back and he's like. Yeah, that would have been really good information yesterday. I'm like, Matt, I didn't know yesterday. Like, he, yeah. I feel bad. And then he couldn't make it here because he's in Santa Barbara. Uh, well, we can videotape. Uh, I mean, we can, we can send him a picture. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Sure, I'm sure that'll <laughs> make him feel yeah, great. Yeah, he'll like that. Yeah. <laughs> but we love him. We're we, having so much fun. But but it's it is interesting you know like it's it's maybe it's it's not I don't think it's as intense as a band but but holding a podcast together is a little bit like having a band where you yeah you know you it, and it must feel for you. I, I I always think it's hard for a band because your ability to do the thing that you want to do relies on two other people showing yeah. up and being at like Top at the commitment game. level that you're at. Well, it's also quite random. I mean, the thing is, it's like when this band started, I was 27 years old, and that was my whole life. Yeah. Then. So I mean, I kind of define myself by I do this, I do this, I have this kind of song, I play drums, I had all the different things I do. Suddenly everything is defined by the band and who you're with and it's just a small period of time. Yeah. For us, it was all like, well, this is what we're doing right now. It's not life and people want to see it that way and I think it just takes a little while to get... If you get your ego out of something and realize that it's it's whatever's best for one of the guys is best for the whole thing, yeah. then it starts to get better. And I'm really glad that we've worked that out before we were sixty years old, so that, <laughs> yeah. so that we could just like at least have a little, a little bit of our youth left yeah, well, playing playing energetically and good music. What was the thing? You know, in, uh, like when Jay Farrar left uh, Wilco, yeah. was it? Like it's like you know, it's because he's this guy that like it's like I have my own thing. I want to do. You know, he had an idea of what totally he wanted to do. Yeah. yeah, and like you know, I think everyone has that. I have that with this. It's like it's like I need to be my own guy because yeah. I have my ideas sure. that I need to do. Uh, and then, like you know, then there's that that weird, sad reality where he breaks off of Wilco and he's just playing empty bars, you know. Yeah, and you got to be okay with that. I mean, actually, yeah. when when the when the band broke up, 
Um, I did go back to play empty bars. Yeah. And that's not something, people don't notice your empty bar face because it's not that well publicized. Yeah. Right. <laughs> it's not like, <laughs> tonight on HBO, been in an yeah. empty bar, it doesn't happen. Extra, extra, yeah. dollar value. Ben Folds plays the five yeah. drunks in, in, in Bellevue, Washington. He <laughs> won't stop requesting piano, man. Take that, Mr. Hitler. I don't know why I'm yeah, saying that. Because it's a real, it's an old reel. Uh, I think, you know, it's, it's, I was playing bowling alleys. Can you believe it? I that's saw, awesome. I first, yeah, first time I saw you. You played All Star Lanes. Yeah. You played All Star Lanes. Yeah. First, yeah. the first time I ever saw you play, that was that was oh. a contest. It was a contest. It was a pre-order thing. I always, yeah. I always like to ask, like if I, if I have, if I, if I feel like an emotional, like a little bit of an emotional outburst happening, where if I want to get like angry at someone or like what the, I, a lot of times I will try to say to myself, is this an ego dis- decision? Right. And it really just takes, it just gives you a second to check in with yourself, and more often than not, you it actually is. do go. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It really is an ego thing. Maybe I should just kind of take a minute. I had a guy yelling at me out of his car for what he thought taking his spot last night, and I had this great moment of absolutely relaxing. And, it, and those, are, those are huge when you do that. And you're like, oh, I'm sorry. What would you like to do about it? Well, you took my spot. I'm really sorry. I know I took your spot, and I can see you're not happy about that. Would you like to do something about that I can help you with? Fuck you! God <laughs> <laughs> damn, use an adult mature conversation with me. Because <laughs> normally you would be, you would say something back, but that's yeah. but it all is because it, because it's because you got your story, and someone's threatening your story of the way you want to be perceived in that moment. And if you just give that up, it's real hard to do. But it is it, really amazing when you realize, like, and it is a hard realization to come to, like. Oh yeah, I don't have to get mad about that yeah, thing. Yeah. I really could just be like, "All right." Yeah, you can choose to not get angry. You really can stuff. choose. You really. But can then that choose. can be—that's a double-edged sword because other things like you know something you kind of get maybe uh, screwed over a bit, and you're like, oh, "Well, you know, stuff happens," and you know you have someone telling you like you know a girlfriend or someone going, "No, get angry. That's shitty. What happened? Fucking yeah, yeah. fight back." And you're like, "Ah, you know, just stuff happens." He did, only just called you a slut bitch. It's okay. It's cool. He's my client. It's good. Yeah, I have a you know my, my my best friend and I were in a sort of a musical comedy duo, and our and our dynamic was such that Mike was in a, like the one of the sweetest guys in the world that never liked confrontation, right. and so time would go on and then like all of a sudden something would come to a head, and it was something that he was upset about from like three or four months ago, out. and so you know I sort of. I was like, listen, if you're mad about something, just Bring say it, it and let me know, and then we'll just work it out. Yeah. And and it really, you know, I think it really helped the dynamic of our relationship because he was so in the opposite direction. I'm like, okay, let's not. Yeah. You know, well, but that's not even, if you think about it, it's not even the opposite direction. That's just he's getting pissed and he's choking it down. Yeah. And then after a while, he's mad about something else. Right. Know? Yeah. And then it's like when you say like you'll know, get angry about like a, like a meal, and you're like, what are you really angry about? You know. Yeah. I, like I had a breakup like that happen once where. Me and my girlfriend were in a, like a, a, she was crying and being upset about something I did, like where I was driving, almost like hit a cat, total accident. But she was very upset. I was like, I was like, why? What's the big? Wait, what's the problem here? And she's <laughs> yeah. like, I think we should break up. I was like, yeah, fat, oh, yeah, no, uh, yeah, no. So you backed up and ran over. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, this relationship. Fucking... Some street cat. <laughs> boom, 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 yeah. boom, 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 yeah. boom. There it was. For the next two weeks over this fucking cat. It's not even a clean house cat. It's yeah, just yeah. some sort it's of. Like, some street cat hoodlum <laughs> picking up on probably selling drugs to other kittens. Yeah, pick, going up the windows trying to pick up on good old house cats. <laughs> We're still out of my neighborhood. Right? We're still yeah. 
Oh, I've got some horrible, but my, my, my mind goes to jokes about where that pussy. Yeah, 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 no, yeah, of course so we all, sorry. yeah, no, you, you never have to apologize in, in, in no. our company for those jokes. Oh, good. We, we, we invite that, we invite that here. Only so apologize we, if they're bad. <laughs> are you, so you're about to, the album comes out September 24th, correct? 18th. September 18th. Yeah, yeah. I think is so. It, is a, I think it is 18th. So like, 18th. The 18th, right? Yeah. Yeah. So the album comes out the 18th. <laughs> the album comes out the 18th. And then we're going to make put the video up the 18th as well. Which, uh, Can we say that those drop on the 18th? Those, yo, yo. I like that too. Yeah. My, my album drops. Yo, yeah, when your goods drops, dropping. Yeah. Goods, no. That's When's that drop? When's that dropping? <laughs> my nuts drop on the 18th. <laughs> wow, so we're going to... My nuts dropped oh, when I was 18. Boom. Yeah. <laughs> Today the Benville Five record comes out. Oh, it must be the 18th. <laughs> oh, yeah. His voice just got deeper. Hooray! Uh, oh, these are weird, and you don't know how to sit. <laughs> that was all, you almost did Robin Williams. <laughs> oh, what are they? Oh, 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 <laughs> it's like when Daffy Duck goes out and like does all the juggling and the fire, and then yeah. he like he ju- goes to the audience and there's just like a <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and Bugs Bunny walks out, huge applause. Um, this is my one man show, Robin Williams balls. It's a, just a deep dive into what those balls must be like, and just the what, things. Is it called "If These Balls Could Talk"? <laughs> <laughs> that was the joke. God damn it! <laughs> you stepped on it, Ben. Uh. <laughs> no, I think the audio. I think that. You said that you've had six high fives in your life. That's right. You want to do number seven? I think number seven for if these balls uh, could talk. Uh, oh, that um, was a good number seven. Now you know what I have to. I have to. I, I, I'm on this big truth kick right now. Yeah. That actually was more than seven. First of all, oh, it was probably more like eleven or twelve or something. Okay. Just because I know someone's going to be watching. I feel a little. I feel a little lied to. I'm no, but I'm. 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 I'm Fessing up now. Okay. Yeah. The other thing is, I didn't come up with that. If these balls could talk, that was my bass player uh, from my touring band. Wanted to write a book called that. I thought that was absolutely brilliant. I mean, <laughs> isn't that amazing? I'm Have you ever heard that before? No, I'm. It's st- fucking good. I'm still gonna give you credit for the okay. joke. Okay. I don't know why I'm the arbiter all of a sudden. Okay. All right. Now that's cool. Let's let's work this out. Right. I'm not. He's I don't your feel employee. Good. Therefore, whatever he worked on, I'm under going your to. Command I'm is your going joke. to give you. I'm going to give you the credit for that. I'm and, just worried about if I almost run over a cat, you're just gonna freak out. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why are these? I don't want these balls to talk anymore. That's fucking it. Um, but if these balls could talk, then you would get even more credit for yeah. that joke. Because yeah. that was a really that was a solid joke. <laughs> yeah, and if, <laughs> and if they could just start talking, that'd be even better. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, if these balls could talk, I would be the most famous person in the world for having talking balls. Talking balls. Just snarky talking balls. Wasn't that in a Stevie Wonder album? Talking balls. Talking balls. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. And his were called the California Raisins. And that was... Re- <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> I, think, I think that's, that's, that's it. I yeah, mean, yeah, after that's that, there's no reason to even do comedy anymore. I mean, that was like... Retired the entire jersey. That was that. like... That was... Well, it's been a lot of fun, fellas. Yeah, that, was like, that was like the plot of the movie Side Out. Like, there was a setup and a spike, and then C. Thomas Howe walks by, and then we fucking go home. <laughs> this is fucking amazing. Oh, my God. I'm so Credits. proud. Yeah. <laughs> Take my back to paradise! Or whatever. It was like 30, 38 special. Just at the end, in a free freeze frame. <laughs> Let's get let's just get one freeze frame just for the camera that's here. Paradise.
I always yeah. love the end of a movie where they do the freeze frame and there's like you can find the one actor that didn't make it to the point in time. It's always like, oh yeah, He's almost, just, almost. <laughs> halfway almost to like a fist in the air, which is or you do the police squad freeze frame where it's like the coffee keeps pouring yeah. and the chimp comes through yeah. and like the trash cans <laughs> on fire and they're all frozen. They're all yeah. they're all frozen. Uh, so where's your tour? When does your tour start and where? What, what's what's the path? It's a uh, kind of East Coast ish. I think uh, uh, Holyoke, Massachusetts, New York City. I think we're I think we're playing Comic Con, but I'm not dead sure yet. So we haven't inked that particular New York Comic Con. Yes. Oh, that would oh, be fun. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna be there doing our podcast in October, right? In October, yeah. yeah. And lead right into Brovember. <laughs> Brovember's gonna find us in Australia. <laughs> oh really? Yeah. Oh well, you'll be there right in time. Bro down Peace under <laughs> for December. Yeah, yeah. Yep. And then Manuary. Manuary. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and what's after that? There must be something. There's that's just, that's that's just three months. That's the four yeah, months. That's the Nerdist calendar. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's, a it's a four month calendar yeah. from October to January. Yeah. Uh, the rest of the time you're dark. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we take a yeah. <laughs> to make up for all the whiteness in between. <laughs> we, uh, <laughs> we hibernate. Yeah. Uh, hiatus. Uh, so you so you might you might be playing New York Comic. Uh, by the way, I think we talked a little about that yesterday, and I hope that that show works out for you because yeah, I think too. I think you will see a level of passion and excitement from the Comic Con audience that will floor you a little bit. Uh, no, I, that doesn't surprise me. That sound, it sounds like a, it sounds like a really great event, and uh, you guys are, are going to be doing it. Right? We will so, be there. Yeah, yeah. We're gonna be fun. Uh, then after that, uh, uh, Australia, mm-hmm. and then back to hit the West Coast and the Pacific Rim, uh, and I think that, and a little bit of Europe. Nice. Oh, no, we're doing Europe, too. Yeah, that's right, because we're doing London, which is great. We're doing a few nights at uh, Brixton Academy, which is huge for us. Oh, wow. Mm. Yeah, it's going to be really cool. Because the UK was the first place that we sort of felt like we did our thing. Like, we had a hit, and things happened there first. Yeah. And so people are somewhat... You guys, you put some songs on the website from the album already. Like, didn't you put up some for a couple days and and then pull them back? On the new record? Yeah. Um, the, the new record, we had a really weird start because we started making the record without a label. Okay. And, um, you know, I have a studio. We just all just, just did it, you know. And uh, then I got really restless one weekend and decided that we should take a song and just give it away on, on a fan site somewhere. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't, wasn't into some of the other ideas, which were more like put it up on SoundCloud or on our Facebook or something like that. So we called one of the one of the fan sites uh, and asked them to host it for us. Right. And they spent the day getting a little more bandwidth and stuff, so they wouldn't work out. Because it was like code red. <laughs> they went to DefCon Five like, really fast. Can you get your mom's credit card? Can you get your mom's credit card? What are you lying to me? It was kind of like that because it was a Saturday. I came up with the idea like Saturday morning, and by Saturday night, they felt like they had it together. And we, of course, it crashed the site in a couple of minutes. But what was really cool about it was that enough enough people got it off the site before it crashed. And then all I had to do was tweet anyone that's got it off the site, host it on your site. And actually, that enabled it to sort of become it's this thing called going viral. It's I don't the understand. newest thing. It's what you do is you get together, you make a couple conference calls. It sounds you get dangerous. Yeah. It is. It is dangerous. You could, you could, uh, you could have to take some penicillin. You make some it. conference calls to make something go viral. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. To give it We're going to make a viral video. Yeah. we got a $75,000 budget for a viral video. Yeah. Yeah. We want to make people those, say OMG. As soon as you hear those words, and Joe and I were at a party last night with Paul Shear and a couple, and Ben Schwartz, a couple of us were making jokes like, we just want to make some vibids. Like they started calling yeah. them vibids. Oh, like, that's if so you're, If you're in a meeting and someone says, 
So our company really wants to make a viral video. You're like, well, you're, that's probably not going to work out. Yeah. It's not going to work out. It's not going to work out. I'm going to a hit song. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's like a spontaneous encore. It yeah. just, it's, it's, everyone knows it's, you, you plan that out, it can't possibly happen. It's going to be some kid in a dorm room, you know, with an orange. That's right. It's going to go yeah. viral. And but, uh, or, you know, but, but I think, I do think in our case, I can say with 100% certainty and no chance of jinxing it that this video with you and the Fraggles will go 100% viral. That may not, but this shit's going viral. <laughs> this one. Yeah. I, I'm kidding, universe. I always have to tell the universe I'm kidding. I didn't yeah. really mean... You just, no. you just fucked it Don't up. Don't you understand <laughs> irony? I mean, except for the irony you play at me. That's right. I don't get yeah. to give it back to you. No. Universe? It doesn't go both ways. Universe gets to play all the jokes it wants to on you, but And then when you get the back, they dish it out, but the universe does not like to take it. You know, I've been thinking about that lately. Exactly that, but we'll leave that for. No, for no, no. Time. That's a good what? What? Well, just I think that the the you know how uh, in Christianity they talk about uh, the jealous God and all that stuff. They mm -hmm. kind of personified yeah. him as kind of being a little bit of an asshole. Yeah, yeah. And but the New Agers have never really considered that the universe might be a little bit of an asshole. Right. You know, it's like the universe <laughs> knows best and stuff, but actually, it kind of might not be like that. It might not. Yeah, and, and just, just the idea that, that the universe might not be good at taking a joke, but can dish <laughs> yeah. it out, Absolutely. is exactly what I was thinking about. But yep. i, I got to put more thought to it before I write my book on it. Is that, oh, wow, that's really... So you're going to yeah. write a book about the universe can dish it out, but it, it can't take it. And it's if, still called If These Balls Can Talk. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and obviously the universe is not going to conspire to make sure that that, that book goes viral. Yeah. If, if These Bucky Balls Could Talk. This is scientific. Um, have you ever thought about writing a book? I have, because it's one of those things, like writing a book just seems like just, I mean, it does seem like the coolest thing in the world. I'm actually going to write a piano concerto for 2014, which is or orchestral piano concerto. Are you really? It's a big deal for me. It's a long-form piece. I feel like I can understand a three-and-a-half-minute mm -hmm. song, and that's what I'm geared to. And that's not to say a three-and-a-half-minute song can't be a a piece of art isn't difficult to do. You have to cram a lifetime into three and a half minutes, but yeah. I'm so geared for it. And when someone talks about a book, all I can think of is that if you get three quarters through writing it and you decide you want to see what it's like, you have to go back to the beginning and start reading it. And I, right. I, can't, I can't read. I think you should call uh, your piano piece If This Waltz Could Talk. Yeah. Ah. <laughs> We're going to come and keep it going. I want to keep it going. But I always or wonder, if, you know, if these balls could play a C major scale. <laughs> <laughs> dun, 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 without hitting any of the black notes. Why do we have to match our prison to Bruno? The thing is, you can only really do that when you're old. Yeah, true. To be able to separate them. Oh yeah, no. When you're yeah. old, you can like just yeah. throw them out like a fly fishing. Can't line. play the trill I used to when I was a little kid. And it's always just bass notes, boom, 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 boom. But I, but for a few musician, I, I, you know, I wonder, I, I wonder if it's analogous at all to stand up. Because, but wait, now I'm about. I snorted. <laughs> <laughs> I always wonder if it's analogous to stand up for a musician where when you're doing like a like a 5 to 7 minute set yeah. it's a much different set than when you do your hour Absolutely. there there really has to be an arc and there really has to 
it sort of has to have a point, and you know, I, I assume it must feel kind of the same way with when you're writing a long piece of music. Yeah, you you would. I mean, the thing about writing a long piece of music is it's going to be based on a theme, some sort of theme. It, 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 even if it's a, even if it's not a musical theme and it's something that's abstract, has to be something that means something to me. And it's like if it's fanfare to common man, then that, that's the, obviously that you know the theme is there. But if it's if it's like for me, it's like it's got to be something, even if there aren't any lyrics. And then there's going to be a musical theme that accompanies that. And, w- and with a long piece, you're really still dealing with one major motif mm-hmm. that you're da 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 don't let the sun go down on me. And it's like the melody keeps building, keeps building, keeps building. And three and a half minutes into the song, before it's over, he still really hasn't repeated his melody. He's built on motifs because he's a proper musician with the, you know, the British Academy of Music Award. What was that? The Academy of Music, fine, the Academy of... The Academy of... He went, he went to Phoenix. You're talking about on, the guy that dressed up like... Captain Duck. Fantastic. He's the guy with the big glasses. <laughs> yeah. had, a couple of, just had a couple of songs here and there. <laughs> Um, but you know what I mean. It's like it's it, so. So with with a, with a long form piece, it's still a matter of having one idea. It's just that the idea has to be so solid that you can build upon it for like thirty, forty five minutes. And I think in a book, it's the same way. Where in a song, it's kind of less pressure because it's like you can have a small idea and you can get it in and out. Yeah. You know, like uh, that's 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 just the beauty of it. It's like Buddy Holly songs that were like two and a half minutes long. Are awesome. It's like one simple idea, and then you just get out. So. <laughs> yeah, that's all it is, right? I've just I've just distilled him into an idea. Yeah, the vibrato <laughs> is, is just started when the song. You want, ends. You want drums on this, buddy? No. no, I'm just gonna do it on my legs. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, we went yeah, to a different pitch. Yeah. Um, but uh, do you when you're when you're writing a long piece of mu- like writing a long piece of music, is it dictated by? Is the idea of it dictated by the emotion? Did you start playing and go, this feels like this, and I'll make it about this? Or does it come, is it intellectual first where you go, I want to write about this idea? I think I have to make it intellectual just for a second, just to get started, to trick myself into and, and getting started. But I've never actually written a long piece like this before, so I absolutely do not know how I'm going to begin. And I thought I was going to start last month, and I sat there waiting for the universe <laughs> to give me a, a song and this fucking nut dropped in front of my face. <laughs> and then it got a little lower. <laughs> and there was nothing. Like, I just didn't come up with you anything. you sure you're writing music? Yeah. <laughs> That's my code. You know, I call it. I gotta do some composition today. But, yeah. So I'll get to it. I'm not exactly sure yet. But writing a book would be would be an amazing thing to me to write a book. And I just don't know where I would start. And uh, I don't know. Have you thought about it or tried? Or I wrote a book and but I and and I think um, what I liked about the way that I had to write my book is that it's very modular in the sense that it, it's more of like a um, it's sort of a you know biographical productivity book for obsessive minded you know nerd types and uh-huh. so it, it like you, you don't necessarily have to read page one to page two fifty or two seventy or what it is and. So, so for me, it was sort of easy. Like, oh, this is modular, and I see the the outline, right. and I and you know, I can. These are all themed this way, and these are themed this way. But it's not like when I, mean, I look at it, it looks like a George R. R. Martin book, and I'm like, there's a beginning and an end, and how the fuck do you keep track of everything when you yeah. have to go back? Because writing the book the first maybe time, maybe they see it as modular. Maybe. It's possible. I mean, I, we, maybe we need to talk to someone who writes these things and find out. How nah, to do it. let's just figure. <laughs> let's just make it up. 
Yeah, why would we ask anyone? But it must be, you know, like 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 plays being in three acts. Right. You know, honestly, I'm that ignorant. Maybe 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 with books, the the, the maybe they're thinking of the chapters in a way that you and I aren't thinking because we see it as seamless. Right. And actually, your average person uh, like us doesn't know. Well, it's just if you have a lot of characters and a lot of story points, and then all of a sudden you, on a whim, you change something like a, you know a third of the way into the book, then you have to make sure that it doesn't damage all of the story from mm-hmm. the beginning. That everything makes like someone has to connect all those points, yeah. which I guess is what your editor does. But the first draft of the book was actually pretty easy to write because it was like, oh, the, I know the ideas that I want to express. Right. It was when someone, when an editor says, okay, now you have to go back, expand on this idea, what does this mean, connect this better, there's a whole piece that wow. should be here, and then it forces you, rather than just rather than just spitting out the first things that come into your mind, you actually have to think about it as a piece, and that's where your brain kind of is like, oh, fuck, what was I trying to say here? That's yeah. where you really have to figure it that's out. That's great, though, to have that kind of sounding board. See, I don't even know about that. I guess it never even occurred to me that it would be a, a publisher, someone reading it and, and giving you feedback. I just think of it as sitting there, I have to get a typewriter instead of my computer because it's a book. <laughs> Got to class All it up. All books have to be typed. Yeah, it has to be sitting somewhere like on a Greek island or something like that with a dog in my underwear. Yep, hmm. and then and then when you're done, you take the big ream of paper and you you fix it and then put it in the box the paper came in and yep. then you send it to your. Get publisher. in the car, drive down the road, right off because it's snow in a wreck. Someone picks you up. <laughs> Takes you to their house. Yeah, she's a big your, fan. Yeah. Well, she's a big fan first, and then you fucking murdered her character for some reason. Yeah, should not have done that. Because you were being an asshole, and how could you not see that that character was really important to I Kathy I deserved Bates? to have had my legs broken for that. Yeah. yeah. But, I, I, but you, I, I'm such an obsessive backer-upper and constant saver, mm-hmm. and, and that I just, it's so funny to me that, th- that there was a time not that long ago where if you wrote a book and finished it, if you didn't photocopy it right away and something happened... That was it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's like uh, the story of Jimi Hendrix leaving one of his master's mixes of an album in a cab. Oh. Did you ever hear that one? All right. Apparently, that's true. He, he, they'd finished. He'd been, I guess, Electric Lady Studios, took a cab back to his apartment, like as the sun was coming up, got out, oh. master tape, done. They had, oh. to, they had to do stuff over again. I don't know if that meant mixing or. And playing. that's when we got that amazing album by Steve the Cab Driver. That's yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. That's where that. Oh, came I made from. this. Uh, made this yeah. fucking album. It's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Oh man, that reminds me when I, my first my first studio experience was. I was given the keys to Sony Tree in Nashville from midnight uh, to eight o'clock in the morning when I was in my twenties as a part of a publishing dealer. Kind of like go in there, use the studio while no one's in there. You can make your demos, learn how to use the studio. It's like all analog stuff. Like I had to. Learn how to like you know, splice the tape and cut it back was it together. Just you? It was usually just me. I had a guy who was showing me some stuff, and then every once in a while I'd bring friends in, and they would they would help me out. But I, I noticed a Christmas tape of the Jordanaires, which were uh, Elvis Presley singing backup band, Elvis Presley and the Jordanaires. Oh they God. did almost everything, and they were all still alive at this point. It's like uh, early nineties, and they had this tape there. They've been doing uh, Santa Claus is uh, is coming to town. And uh, and that was on there, and they had a couple of open tracks. So I put it on, was listening to the bass player and stuff. Suddenly, the bass singer like, like it's awesome. Like the way they harmonized, you could hear every single one of them. It was so distinct. Even if you didn't know who the Jordanaires were, when you hear their voices, you know this is an Elvis record. And then I realized I didn't have Christmas gifts for anyone yet, and maybe that open track I could do the lead vocal. And sing. <laughs> so I had it going. Santa Claus is coming down your throat. <laughs> With- <laughs> While they're like, I'll sing a sad. Of course. 
course. And I was I was singing that like with a, I was really scared because I didn't know when the studio manager might come in. And I had it at the console and stuff. And fuck if he didn't come in. Um. And the tape is up. There's an open track, and I'm sitting there with a the mic. And he's like, "Yeah, what you doing, Ben? I just came around for some stuff. And what's that tape? Fuck is that tape? That's not your tape. Do you realize you're recording over someone else's music? <laughs> I'll say I haven't I haven't recorded anything. Is the track is armed? Have you recorded over this tape? I was like, "Oh no, I had no idea. I thought that was mine. I haven't even started. Good thing I haven't started yet." He's like, "Yeah, fucking good thing." And he's rolling the tape up, and he's like, "We're mixing this tomorrow. I'm putting it in the vault." Oh, oh my Then they're going to bring it out the next day, and it's like, I'm on it going, Santa Claus is coming down your throat. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I have no idea. Probably. <laughs> did, probably they didn't bring it up. Well, guys, now that I've had a chance to sit with it, I really like <laughs> it. <laughs> I mean, get that Folds kid back in here. <laughs> what I was praying was that, the, you know, the track list, they only bring up the tracks that are on there. And then mine was blank and they didn't bring it up. But I also know, you know that sound in the studio of a track that you're not bringing up where the needle's hitting the end and it's going dap, 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 Yeah, dap. okay. I have a feeling that that was happening while they were they uh, listening to it. it. Oh, yeah. oh anyway, God. That's, so the Jordanaires almost had a smash hit. <laughs> they came so close. <laughs> that would have gone viral in 1992. No YouTube or anything. I just, just, just a young like music nerd kid in the studio, just with access to this. Of course, you're gonna scream, "Santa Claus is coming down!" Your of course. What else is over there? a track of the Jordanaires? Yeah. <laughs> what else would one do? No choice. I think the studio's haunted because I came in this morning. <laughs> It's haunted by a perverted Christmas ghost. <laughs> if these walls. <laughs> if, they could. if these walls. Um, so, you, the, does the album, what is the album's name at this point? It is called The Sound of the Life of the Mind, <clears throat> which was the title track, I suppose, now. And that, that, that one was penned by Nick Hornby. Oh, wow. He wrote, he, he wrote those lyrics. The rest of them I wrote except for one song that uh, Darren wrote. So, uh, so, yeah, Nick has a moment on the record. Excellent. Because I, I just um, I, I got the only track that I've heard so far, because this is a month before the album comes out when we're recording this right now, was um, obviously the song that we're making the video for, Do It yeah. Anyway. Uh, but oh, I should have sent you the rest of it. I'll send it. Oh, please. Can I? Oh, I, I can't can believe I, we didn't I send it. I have grass. But can you send that to me? Oh, what are you yeah, talking yeah. about? No. It's going viral. No. <laughs> I'll make sure of that. The album's going to go viral when I yeah. post it on SoundCloud. That would be such a fucking cock. That would be horrible. I would never. <laughs> I wouldn't even think about it. I wouldn't even as a joke say I would do that. You know, we, tried, we tried to make an album leak. Uh, it was a fake album. I think we talked about this at some point. Well, I, made, I made an album that wasn't the real album. The same song titles. Yeah. Different lyrics and different music, as horrible as I could possibly make it. Like if the title of the song was, you know, I don't know, you don't know me, then it was like, we just made it terrible, and and tried to leak it out to various people who would get it out there, mm -hmm. and they all shot emails back and forth in private saying, I'm not, I, I don't want to get in trouble, I'm not doing it, I don't want to do it. Let's wait until the album because no one would do it. It's it's interesting how how as much as as. Uh, Fans and people on the internet get a bad name for like stealing music and sending it around. When you try to make it go out, you find there's a lot of people with like a shitload of integrity that don't mm. want to do it. And it was kind of sweet. We were like, leak it, go. Was it because <laughs> they thought it was bad though, or because they didn't want to leak it? Oh, maybe that was it. No, no, was, no, what was worse is the album came out and people decided they liked the fake leak better. Oh, that kind of so hurt. Every Advent Folds album is like, yeah, yeah they're coming in your notes. Yes. And yeah, they were like, man. 
I really like the I like those fake shitty songs better than your album. So I was like, oh shit, I guess I better call Robert Darren. Guess. But I was <laughs> I was wondering like when artists get to a certain point of credit with pop pop culture. Yeah. Where you have a bunch of albums behind you and your work is always solid and you know like. Just like how much will almost as an as an art experiment, how much will people's minds fill in the blank as to what it was that you were doing and write it off as genius? Like if you did some totally I think it's crazy the opposite, thing like that. actually. No. I think it's kind of the opposite. I think you do things that you know if it had been on your first record would have just blown people away. You would have broken in based on that. But because you have stuff behind you. It's no longer it's no longer taken as seriously as if it had come out. I think you more take it for granted. And I think the reason for that is because there has to be new space on the shelf yeah. for new acts, which there does. I mean, there always has to be new stuff, so you have to clear out old stuff. So everyone who's been around for a little while realizes that you put out your stuff to. In some ways, you have an advantage, but in many ways, it's not taken as seriously right and it does take a while like now if you look back like we were looking at we are the world stuff yeah. and you're looking at a crowd of people who you thought at the time were past it mm-hmm. and uh and that they had done their their well now you can see all those faces in there and with perspective you can see that they were doing amazing stuff and they were doing stuff down the road like 10 years later yeah that was amazing but at the time it's like oh you know dylan's got this you know this shit up. well that and then and then you, you started doing that math that i like to do to torture myself where i get where where you go okay because if there's one picture where we can almost see from the studio here where it's the we are the world yeah, cast it's amazing and it's you know it's everyone it's stevie wonder and ray charles and hall and oates and huey lewis and michael, michael jackson. jackson and uh, all of the Jacksons um, uh, and Dylan and Springsteen and Kim Carnes and Paul Simon and you, you look at it and you go okay so that was taken in January of 85 yeah. and you said yeah uh, Dylan was closer to his, to the 60s than we are to, to that to picture uh, and then you look at Dylan and you go fuck he's, he's probably only like 40 45 in that mm, picture yeah, maybe. baby and then, and then you go oh I don't feel so good uh, I know, it's weird perspective. Age math is fucked up. Don't do age math. I think there's another thing about that, too, though, that between the 60s, like in that era, say 85, and, and, and this is all over television, We Are the World, they were always running 60s specials. And you were seeing, like, this old Super 8 footage of people, I suppose, uh, Astros, all the flower power stuff and the Vietnam War, and it's like all so long ago. And now the 80s doesn't seem quite as long ago, but some of that actually is down to technology and and how quickly music moved because the difference between the music that was being made in 1960 and 1980 was massive. Huge. Now the difference between the music made in 1993 mm-hmm. and now it's just not that great. Yeah. It's just not, and that's why I still have a job because nothing's changed enough for me to get thrown off the horse. <laughs> right. If, if things had actually evolved, I'd have been oh, toast. Dude, I, I'd be working out of the bagel the, place. All those, all those arena rock bands from the 70s and then like the, ele- the electronic music, you know, like, like, you know, when, when Thomas Dolby started figuring out how to work a Moog and then all of a sudden this electronic Britpop invasion, mm-hmm. then all those guys are like, fuck, really? Yeah. Because yeah, because everyone's always been out of a job at the end of the uh, 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 you know at the end of the decade, but now it's kind of like the end of the decade comes up. It's like, anyone got any new ideas? New ideas? <laughs> new ideas? Okay, fuck, Bob, come on, come, come on, <laughs> sh- come on. But I wouldn't even can, know what defines two thousand to two thousand ten to say okay, this is the end of an era. Like it's everything's alien so farm. splintered. Is that it? No, I don't know. I mean, it was like <laughs> could be. I mean, I just think it was a lot of popular music in that era and not at. No, not as many discernible, absolute 
phenom ph uh, phenomenons. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, like Nirvana was probably kind of the last, like, this is the Beatles or something. Right. Correct me if I'm wrong. There must be something, but I don't think that well, there really is. I mean, the Strokes were great. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. The, the, like, when the Strokes came out, they had as much of a, like, a style impact as Nirvana did, I believe, just because, you know, seeing it, seeing everyone just kind of start dressing like hipsters, that, that what we know as hipsters now, yeah. like, it was all, like, it happened so much right after, yeah. you know, the Strokes blow. And what was crazy is that, like, if you think about in 2011, that was 10 years from when yeah. the Strokes put out their first album, but when the Strokes put out their first album, that was ten years from Nirvana. Right. It seems like so much more happened yes. between those ten years than the, the, the well, most it, recent. Well, it, it also was just the availability of technology to just the average person, and and how niche things are now. I mean, like Nirvana really, that whole movement sort of caught the tail end of, you know, there's only a handful of outlets that people can get music. Mm -hmm. And you know, like it, it can't be, and it was, it couldn't be a coincidence that right around the time that people started getting internet in the mid to late '90s, and then broadband in the early to mid 2000s, that all of that just changed. Yeah, well, I think some of it is because rock and roll has always been about breaking the law. That something has to be happening that's breaking the law. And after the law is broken, then it's like, okay, well, everyone's doing it now. It is hard to keep breaking. I mean, the last law is broken is that people were stealing music. So the real rock and roll. In the uh, from 2000 2010 was probably the internet. Yeah, the, just the 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 because oh, the, 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 there is danger and excitement to going on and, and and in essence taking music for free. It's like it's looting, and I actually was fine with it, and I still am. But that's but that was dangerous to people. And so what's rock and roll in 2000 2010? It's the internet. Uh, from, from now, the internet's the old news, so I don't really know what it is. I think comedy actually might be rock and roll right now. I think I see <laughs> I see comedians that I think. Are are being far more rock and roll than 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 the rock stars. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I'd say Louis is probably pretty. He's a rock star. He's he's a, he's a rock star. Yeah, at this yeah, point. and that's a phenomenon too. Like 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 he is because uh, he can because a rock star can change the rules. Mm -hmm. And he got to a certain point where he was able to change the rules and the way things are distributed and the way. I mean, it's funny because I I just did a special a comedy special and it's going to run on Comedy Central and I was very happy to do it with them. But then people are like, why didn't you do what Louis did? I'm like, because I'm not Louis, and yeah. I don't have his. People audience. are telling musicians to do yeah. that. Yeah. It's like, why don't you sell tickets that way? It's like, uh, let's see, because can't. <laughs> you can't. <laughs> people don't understand. I always feel bad when people go, you know, the Ticketmaster fees were so high, and I go, I know, and there's nothing I can do it because they control almost every venue in the country. Oh yeah, and I you know. have to, it's you horrible. have, you have to be someone like Louis or Radiohead. Where you have such a massive audience that you can go, you know what? We're just going to do it. We're going to cover all the insurance. We're going to set up the ticketing website. We're going to like. There's so much infrastructure that it has to take place to put on a show yeah. that most artists just don't have. Yeah. Because we don't have the power of the audience to do that. That's right, and and it's also maybe you could make up for that just by pure time and muscle and energy, but you, but at some point you don't have time to make music like. Some of the stuff that we're doing with the uh, the crowd, we did the the album by uh, crowdfunding, and that took up so much time that it and it was. I'm so happy we did it that way. If I had one more thing to do related to to the crowdfunding thing, I wouldn't be touring or have an album out. Like at some point, right. your business you can be revolutionary in your business, but only up to the point that's not affecting your art. Of and course. obviously, obviously, Louis can do that and. Still, my son's name is Louis. That's what I call him. Oh, Louis. nice! But uh, yeah, obviously he can do that, so that's really cool. And we ha we're happy that he can do that because that's 
that that's one small step for the rest of us. We all stand behind people like they go, he did it. That's awesome. Um, And then, I mean, I'll I'll cut this out if you don't want this to be public knowledge, but but the idea that you might play some shows with Sarah. Yeah. uh, Sarah Silverman, like that's a nice... That's a nice grouping. Yeah, no, I, maybe we can make it public in this way that we—that's not nothing is settled. But nothing we, is settled. But, but we've, we've, there are talks. We've decided. Yeah, yeah. Personally, Sarah and we would love to do it, and then it's just a matter of of, of making it work. But it's always been a dream bill to me to, to 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 do a thing with her because we come along roughly. She's a little bit after same era, and there's just something about what she does I just think is really special, and it's, it's going to be fun. Are you going to, um, if you play a show with her, are you going to have Galifianakis come up and then they can do a duet of Zach and Sarah? Hey. That's not a bad idea. They could do. have to change the spellings of both. Yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, we are, we're at the bat, I think we're at bat at an hour. Um, right. But uh, but again, it's it's been it's been really lovely to just be pals with you over the course of the last, you know, like year, year and oh, a half. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, and so excited to you know, just see everything that's kind of coming down the, the pipeline, and I hope uh, I really want to go see the show when you guys when you guys come to L.A. Yeah. I, would, I would assume you're coming to L.A. Yeah, 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 we'll be in, and that, that if it works out with Sarah, that, I think that's where we'll be doing it. Cool, so. awesome. Cool. Um, anything else you want to plug before we let you go? No, I don't think that's, I, I've got nothing else. Okay. Thank cool. you. Thanks, Ben. Yeah, yeah, yeah shit you. yeah. Bro. Bro. Scro. Scro. Bro Ember. Right around the corner. So close. Yeah. Enjoy your burritos. <laughs> yeah. Try the veal. As promised, bonus fraggle content. I'm new to outer space. I don't know how uh, how all these things work, so I'm cool. <laughs> are you, you, you are you feeling pretty good being at? Because you, you guys actually, this is. I mean, Uncle Traveling Matt has been to outer space, but yeah, you, this, this yeah. is your first foray into into that realm. Yeah, yeah, and he he's he's in back all these weird tales about outer space that I'm not sure I believed. And you know what? I uh, discovered outer space seems to be even weirder than he was talking about, but still fun. <laughs> what are some like, of the weird things that you've seen so far? Oh gosh, well you you keep your your uh, your swimming holds behind these clear rocks, and nobody can go <laughs> swimming in them. It's very disappointing. I'd, I'd like to. Uh, Try jumping in there once I'm done talking to you, silly creatures. Well, we let <laughs> we let you do that. Did you were you worried about uh, the, the the atmosphere up here? You know, are you is are you short of breath? Is 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 it, how's the air? Uh, oh, the the air is fine, but uh, well, I, I tell you what, uh, your sky outside doesn't have gorgs in it, so that was actually pretty awesome. I was I was concerned at first that uh, I had to to look out for gorgs, but uh, you guys seem to be safe in outer space. Oh, that's good. You know, we, we as, as a species are also uh, exploring the far reaches of outer space. We landed a rover on another planet called Mars, so we're kind of doing the same thing that, that you're doing. A planet? Uh, <laughs> that's... That's that's kind of beyond the the kind of outer space I know about, but uh, pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, any kind of exploration is is really exciting. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so Ben Folds is here, and Joan is here. And... Yes. Hello, Ben. Hello. Hi, I... Jonah. Hi, Red. <laughs> um, thank you. <laughs> thank you for being in the. Thank, thank you for 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 you know coming up and meeting everyone and and meeting Ben and you know we're all just such huge fans. Oh. And it's been so exciting to find out that silly creatures are as much into music as fraggles are. Yeah, so what, what's a typical fraggle day for you? Oh, gosh. Well, let's see. There's lots of naps and lots of 
eating radishes and, and doozer sticks and then running around and jumping in the swimming hole and playing rock hockey and tug a tail and running around until you just got to lay down and nap again and eat and then just keep keep going and going and going. It's so fun. What do doozer sticks actually taste like? Well, it's it's funny. They kind of taste like radishes. It's it's uh it's it's really weird. I mean, I like radishes and and doozer sticks and and uh, and of course radishes are very delicious to Fraggles. Yeah, is there uh is there is there one fella down there that uh, that is a, a special friend? Are you are you are you? Well, what? What? Well, like I I know Wembley and Boober and and Gobble. Is that what you mean? Yeah, yeah. I mean, do 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 Fraggles do, date? Do, do you know what he's talking about? No, dates. I, I do they go on? Do you go on dates? I mean, well, we 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 go on dates if they're gorg size and we can stand on them. Is that what you mean? <laughs> yes, that's exactly. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Some, sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Tell, tell me yeah. something. Tell me something about the gorgs. What is what's what's their what's their deal? Uh, their deal is thumping Fraggles. So uh, um, they're just they're so big. And their gardens are so huge, you think they'd they'd share some of their radishes with us with no problem at all. But uh, no, they they tend to want to just hang on to all those radishes, so we have to sneak in and and get what we can. Have you thought about maybe growing radishes un- un- underground? Huh? They 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 don't do so well underground. They need to be out outside and where the sky is, and in Fraggle Rock, where the sky is is where the gorgs is, and it just gets really complicated. <laughs> <sighs> were you worried about Were you worried about us as as creatures at first? Were, were you Were you nervous about when you first met Ben and the guys? Were you well, Were you a little nervous? Well, 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 no, no. I mean, we we knew you were silly creatures, and so we knew you had kind of silly ways of doing things, and and we just thought that was kind of neat and entertaining so uh, we weren't worried but just very 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 curious and uh, and so far they've been awesome and friendly if you could distill your kind of general philosophy on life what what would that be uh gosh well, life is it all about living and and having fun and having 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 friends and and being active and and playing just Non-stop, you know, play, play till you have to nap and eat and play some more. It sounds like Comic-Con. That's a yearly frenzy that we have. It's a big human party. We're humans, oh. by the way. Did you know that we're human beings? Oh, uh, well, we, I, I, I guess we've gotten used to calling you silly creatures, so you call yourselves human <sighs> beings. Human you, beings. You human be, beings. beings. It sounds like oh. beans, and we're not human beings. We're human beings. Oh. But you know, you mentioned that that Comic Con place. I actually, I I found a a, a hole from Fraggle Rock to Comic Con, and I've been there a few times. You've been to Comic Con? I have. What what did you and, see? Well, the the thing was, you know, I I thought silly creatures kind of look kind of similar, but in Comic Con, the silly creatures can be blue and have tails and wings and horns and feathers. <laughs> it's amazing! Yeah. I had no idea there was so much variety in silly creatures. Yeah, yeah, there is. Yeah. That, that's, that's where you see the most biodiversity is at a Comic-Con. Yes! Yes! And they have all these wonderful, great halls where everybody gathers together and talks and sings and gets all excited. It's very fraggly. It is fraggly. I, yes. I would say, if you, yes. I, I would say if, you could, if you could define Comic-Con in any way, that it is a non-stop fraggle party. So that's why I like to keep visiting there. Hmm. Well, um, I know uh, you have some more some more stuff that you're that you're you're going to be doing with oh, us. So yes. I don't I don't want to take up too much of your time. But mm. is it all right if I just give you a little kiss kiss on the on the cheek? Oh, sure, okay. sure. Oh, 
That's the kiss on cheek sound. <laughs> here I go, here I go. Ready? Okay, right there. Okay, get, oh, adorable. Now we're going steady. <laughs> Should I move my things in? What? I think I, I, I have, I don't have a lot of stuff, just an Xbox and I've got some, uh, I've got some clothes that I need to bring over. I'll you have like to move my Xbox out. You're gonna. Have to <laughs> okay, this is this is this is where uh, outer space just gets really confusing to me. It's it's more, more things to learn about. I'll have to come back and and uh, discover uh, all these uh, exciting things that you're talking about. So what so what drew you up to the to outer space was the was the song that was playing. So you did you, you enjoy did you enjoy Ben's Ben's music? Yes. Well, once we realized it was music, first of all there was an earthquake. But then but then once we checked it out, we realized there were all these silly creatures making this wonderful, fun, fraggly music, and we just had to join in. Excellent. It was, it was awesome playing playing with you silly creatures. I hope there's a chance to do more. I'd love to play a gig. <laughs> play some gigs together. Do you have Do you have gigs? We we uh well. We do lots of music, if that's what you mean, yeah. Yeah, yeah, gigs yeah. where you all get together at a certain time, play music, what? people show up, it's quite a ritual. On oh, yes, all the time in Fraggle Rock. Awesome. Hey, you know what? You are invited to play a gig in Fraggle Rock anytime you want. In fact, you guys were so awesome with your music, I'm going to have to make you honorary Fraggles. What? Wow. I'm just going to say that you, you can do the, the, uh, the solemn oath of the Fraggles, and then you can be honorary Fraggles. You ready? Okay, you ready? Okay, okay. now repeat after me. Okay. Weeba, weeba. Weeba, weeba. Waffa, waffa. Waffa, waffa. Garpox, gumbage. Garpox, gumbage. You're honorary Fraggles, and you're welcome to come to Fraggle Rock anytime you want. We will take you up on that. Thank you so much, Red yes, Fraggle. Yes. It was delightful to see you. Thank you guys so much. Yeah, I love you. <laughs> what? Oh, I was nothing. What? I, I was nothing. Can I go swimming now? Yeah. Good. <laughs> <laughs> now leaving Nerdist.com. Enjoy your burrito. This episode of the Nerdist Podcast is brought to you by Stamps.com. Go to Stamps.com, click on the radio microphone at the top of the homepage, and type in Nerdist for a $110 bonus offer, including a digital scale and $55 of free postage. That's Stamps.com. Enter the promo code NERDIST. I feel like I was blindsided. Because it's a competition show. From the producers of Jury Duty and The Bachelor. We have scoured the earth for the 14 greatest reality contestants that were available during our production window. Comes a reality competition show about reality competition shows. Nobody has dared to find out who is the actual best at just being on a reality show. I'm your host, comedian Daniel Tosh. Is winner go home. Each episode, our contestants will face new challenges that will test their strength and lack of life skills for a chance to win $200 million. $200,000. Prepare, because it's about to be ugly crying. Lots of fighting. Tasha, I have to defend myself. Celebrating 25 years of reality TV with your favorites. I have diarrhea. You cannot do this to me. What in gay hell have I got myself into? The Goat. Stream free on Amazon Freebie or Prime Video.